Hello, and welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, where today we will be discussing Freemasonry's response to the unexpected. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our thoughts and opinions are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions via our website at theworkingtoolspodcast.com. Hello, I'm Very Worshipful Brother Matthew Apple, along with Right Worshipful Brother Trevor McCune and Worshipful Brother Stephen Chung, the two of whom are from the Grand Lodge of British Columbia in the Yukon, and Very Worshipful Brother David Colbeth from here in Washington, where I am located. And today we're going to discuss some of the responses of Masonry to circumstances beyond our control uh, to um, storms and uh, pandemics and such. So thank you all for coming out this evening, guys. I was just listening to our show that posted today and it was with your grandmaster and that as part of the conversation. There was a question about that. Did, did Washington and, or did any, why didn't Washington or why didn't Canada have the foresight in the first pandemic in the 1800s, why didn't they have the foresight to include some provisions for things like he was saying that your annual communication must occur at this point and, and must be with these people and you, you, there's no provision to really have it any other way. So it's a little difficult part this of, year. Part of the problem in this jurisdiction is a question of, of language. And we rewrote our constitution in 2014 uh, in what's called governmentees plain language, which introduced many, many, many new errors and problems, but also by eliminating the word shall and replacing it with may or will, regardless if that word was actually what was meant, because shall has a specific meaning in certain contexts. It was, would be used incorrectly half the time, so they decided to get rid of it in every usage. And now the current language says we have to have a constitution. The previous one was shall. And that shall is, is a, has a different meaning than, than will. And it has to do with one's will to do it. <clears throat> and that uh, we shall have one means it's a decision made. Now, I, I'm glossing over the, the deeper sem <laughs> semantics of it, but <clears throat> the language is part of the problem. I don't know about Washington State. Our jurisdiction in 189 uh, in sorry in 1918 and 1919 uh, we canceled lodges meetings for a couple of months in the winter uh, in, in late November early December uh, I don't think we closed them in the spring of 19 um, and we just carried on so we we it didn't interfere with anything other than a handful of DDGMs official me, uh, visits to their lodges, and no one lost any sleep over that, so there was never any attempt to change the Constitution. Reading the reviews in my jurisdiction's proceedings for the years following 1919, none of us seems to have really addressed this. It was hardly as if it, was, it had happened. We were more concerned about the Halifax uh, uh, Harbor explosion. We were more concerned about returning soldiers um, the flu epidemic doesn't seem to get mentioned in, in other proceedings, at least not in the reviews that turn up in my jurisdiction's proceedings. 
it didn't seem to have much of an impact or had such a horrible impact that we just recoiled in horror from ever thinking about it again. Did, did you, do you think that maybe they didn't realize that it was at its level? I mean, what was Quite it? possibly. Communication, yeah. of course, you know, society did not shut down as it has over the last year because we didn't realize in 1919 that it was so, so global and so impactful. And actually, I read an article um, in the uh, uh, monthly uh, newsletter we get from our Scottish Rite in Canada, and it actually refers to the Spanish flu and that time during the war, where though it was probably uh, a similar level of pandemic, it was not um, publicized that people were dying of these things because countries didn't publicize it so that because they were afraid of appearing weak and um, uh, by not having, uh, you know, the population is dying. Yeah. So, uh, but we're really strong and we're going to kick ass. Right. You know, like, so I get why they would um, maybe skirt some of these things under the rug and because they weren't really being reported um, it was only seen as the Spanish flu because they weren't at war with anybody. So they did record these things and report that right and I, I thought that was an interesting uh, thing to note as well there's always things to learn from our history my concern moving forward is that there are those of our members who feel that we should be allowed to have tiled meetings and to vote online in skype in zoom in whatever and my concern is whatever language gets introduced to change constitutions to allow an emergency situation in the future, if it were to occur, will be so phrased that we're just on that slippery slope of it's going to happen regardless if there's an emergency. And that is a very serious concern to me. I don't yeah. know about in your jurisdiction. I think from what I understand, I can't say I've looked at the, the I haven't I haven't done what, what you do, Trevor, and, and gone and actually looked at the documents myself, but from what I understand of the Washington proceedings from from during the period during the Spanish flu is basically completely absent. There's no there's there's almost no mention of it whatsoever from what I understand. Uh, the only place I found a mention of it is occasionally in lodge minutes. Brothers, you know, the rare brother would, would die. The problem is it wasn't normally a brother who died. This the influenza went after kids and and uh, and people who weren't members of the lodge. So every member of the lodge, I'm sure knew of people around them who had, who had died because of it, but not as many brethren. Uh, we had a past grandmaster who died during that period of, of the flu. That get, no, his passing gets noted in, in memoriam, but not what he died of. Hmm. So, you know, that sort of thing. It just, that wasn't the, the attention, the focus wasn't on that. And, and with they, that, uh, I was going to say, and they, and they continued on, so it probably wasn't, they didn't think about needing to have special language in there for some outbreak or some event that might re and, limit them from meeting. And there's many other places in a, but probably both our constitutions, certainly in, in British Columbia and Yukon, where the language has an absolute form that, well, sometimes reality doesn't allow things, to, the physical world doesn't allow this to happen, but our, our constitution is now so written that we can't recognize the reality. Uh, our lodges, you know, I quite frankly, it, for instance, can't come to mind, but I'm sure I could put together a list of a half dozen in a few minutes. If I 
that was back to the Constitution. Here in Washington, we only recently, there was a big storm a few years ago in Western Washington and power was out throughout the whole of Western Washington and the tree limbs were blocking the roads, et cetera. And up until that point, the master was not allowed to cancel a meeting for exigent circumstances. So they actually, we had to pass a, you know, a resolution in Grand Lodge at the annual communication saying that, you know, if, here's the procedure for when the weather's really crappy and you can't have a meeting because the, you know, the heat's not on in the building and no one can drive there because the roads are all closed. So it was a, it was interesting. But uh, now, now we can do that much at least. I suspect that our constitution actually doesn't have a form to allow a lodge to cancel its regular communication. Probably it doesn't. <clears throat> but we have over the last 150 seasons of snowfall in Vancouver <laughs> just ignored the Constitution, said we're not meeting tonight. Yeah. Uh, so rather than rewrite the Constitution to soften the language, we just ignored it and no one's made an issue about it. And that's usually how changes happen. It takes one or two or a handful of brethren who actually pay attention and care enough to get a resolution toward, towards Grand Lodge. Otherwise, we just carry on. And, and with that, I think we're, we're running out of time here on our, our conversation of above lodge governance and people joining lodges, maybe. Uh, but it was a, a good conversation. It was an interesting topic. And uh, on behalf of David and Trevor and Steve and myself, uh, thank you all for coming out to another episode of the Working Tools Podcast. Goodbye.